What's going on, everybody? It's Friday, December 11th. You have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. No longer happy Zoe, and we're going to get into that in a minute. I'm like moderately happy Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Why can't you be happy? You have Adam Eaton back, baby. You got the edge. You got the edge back, sir. You're so lucky you don't live in... You, if you were in, like, punching range, you'd be getting a, a good that's what one, you get right? for all those. That's what you get for all those Nomar Mazzara reply tweets. That's fine. That's fair. And Mr. Rule 5 Casualty himself, Mr. K. Fitz, Kevin Finler. I, I like to consider myself the Adam Eaton of this podcast. Um, you don't ooh. want you don't I think want it's just because I'm older. You, you I don't. don't. I don't. No. You don't. You, it's really, it's no. Aldo. Aldo's mean. You definitely don't want that. And if you're watching this, like you should be every week on Thursday night on either Twitter, Facebook, or any of those long uh, podcasts, you might be saying to yourself, there's something weird about the podcast this week. It's a lot more handsome. It's way more (laughs) handsome. looks a lot more, you know, professional. And you know what, folks? That's because we have the executive producer of the Lawrence Home Show and Cubs Radio on 670 Score, the co-host of the Lockdown Sox podcast, which... You should definitely be listening to that podcast and co-host of seven 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 three sports. Damn, Herb! If your intro gets any longer, I'm gonna run out of breath. <laughs> Mister Herb Lawrence, what's up, Herb? Nothing much, guys. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you guys listening and watching, and thank you, three gentlemen, for inviting me here. Pleasure is to have you. Um, first thing out of the gate, gotta ask you: Did you have I break Duke? Oh yeah. <laughs> they didn't even play like a their best game. They played, you know, good game where they're making shots and defending well. But there was a ton of mistakes, ton of turnovers, and now Coach K don't want to play anymore. No more, no more down crown because Illinois beat them people at their own house. It was great to see. Yep, it was fantastic, and it's it's like a running joke that when Duke has a bad loss in the past, Coach K would say like he'd fall down and like hurt his back or something and take like a two-month break. Now it's uh, U of I, you know, spanked them a little bit on their bottoms and uh, COVID's ruining basketball. As, as so, a UNLV fan, I hate to see it. Uh, I think <laughs> every, every time Duke loses, I grab the lotion, give me a few minutes. I don't even care. I'm still scared. 30 years. Every non-Duke fan in the world probably was just like, oh, that's a shame. Um, which you're either for Duke or you really hate Duke. I really hate Duke. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, big Ed North Carolina fan. Yep, go Tar Heels, baby. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I swear to God, this is a baseball podcast. I just, Herb's my IL. I have three guys that I go to for a line I news, and that's Herb, my boy Matt Eastman, and then a couple other guys I grew up with. But having Herb on and just seeing this Duke news, I had to bring it up right away. So, interesting baseball show for you today. Um, White Sox making some moves in the winter meetings like they're known to do. Uh, Cubs, I believe, are still a Major League Baseball team need to confirm that haven't heard a lot from them um so we're gonna cover both the moves for the white Sox, what we like what we don't like what we want uh that much much more so with all that being said let's tap this cake rebuild of the favorites we here for the latest south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound on the long ball but we don't put the wrong strings yeah it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. 
waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season make it all change. Take me out to the bar, yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season make it all change. As always, this show is brought to you by Points Bet. Points Bet, go and download the Points Bet app. It is silliness now. There's like 50 college basketball games a day you can be betting on. Uh, unfortunately, you can't bet on the Illini if you're in Illinois, but they need to fix that rule because I would have banked on that Duke game. Um, anyways, points bet. Go download the app. Use pin or use promo code Pinwheels to get a money money matching guarantee as well as a couple free bets. They have some of the best promotions. I'm a degenerate. I use all the betting apps, and I'll tell you what. I usually end up at points bet. Easy user interface awesome promotions um so points bet promo code pinwheels free money it's christmas you just you're broke you bought your kids some christmas presents go win some of that shit back points bet pinwheels let's go okay brief yes Frank the uh, at the end of the uh, when he debates <laughs> uh so you want to start good or bad we start good right we'll start with good because yeah, I, like, I think we start good because the bad's going to take up a lot more time because I got a lot to say about the bad. So let's start good. So earlier in the week, uh, as I mentioned, it's the winter meetings. And as we've done shows um, in the past, we alluded to it was all virtual or is virtual. It's still Thursday night as we record this. They still got another day or so. But technically, I mean, it's a virtual. Um, there was a lot of jokes to be had, a lot of memes of old guys sitting at computers uh, a lot of writers saying how much they don't miss the late nights and the bar talks, which I'm not buying. Um, but the White Sox have been known to make moves at the winter meetings. We've seen this the last couple of years. I mean, all the way back to when they got Scotty Pesednik. Uh, so it was no surprise to me. I had a feeling they were going to make moves. Just didn't know what. Rumor mills popping, eyeballs and tweets all over the place. And then we get the tweet late. By the way, thanks for that, assholes. Some of us got nine to fives we got to go to in the morning. Maybe don't make <laughs> trades at 1130 Central Time. But late on, I believe it was Tuesday night, that the White Sox had traded for Lance Lynn. Awesome. Pumped. Nervous. Because always they did the thing where they tweet out the trade, but they don't say the return right away. Mm-hmm. So then everyone scurried around. What's the return? What's going to be the return? What's going to be the return? And then finally – we saw the return was Dane Dunning. Um, I mean, actually, let's start. Herb, you're our guest. I want to hear, when you saw Dane Dunning was the return for an innings eater like Lance Lynn, what was the uh, the instant re- reaction in the Lawrence household? Well, I'm a Dane Dunning guy, so I've always loved him since they brought him over. His minor league stats were Awesome when he went down with Tommy John in, uh, a couple of years ago, I think 2018. I was very crestfallen. And then when he came back this year in 2020 to actually pitch well, I was like, all right, here we go. I think he's going to be the best out of the three young pitchers that they have. Uh, so that's Kopech, Cease, and Dunning. Mm-hmm. So I was initially I was like, ah, man, it's tough. It's a, it's a hard uh, piece to give away. But then I started looking and I took a, I went to sleep and I woke up the next day. I was like, you know what? Lance Sun's one of the, best pitchers in the American League, going for the 2021 championship. You could only win it in 2021. 
So let's do it. Let's fuck it. Let's do it. I love Dane. I hope he has a great time down there in Texas. Does well. But I think Lance Lynn will be a top of the rotation pitcher. Continue to be that with the White Sox. And now with the Lance Lynn, Giolito, Keiko, whatever you want to put them, that playoff series, trouble. If you yes. would have had Lance Lynn in the playoffs and for Oakland, the game would have been over. We would have won game three easily. And that, I think, right there should be the beginning and the end of the conversation when talking about the Dane Dunning price tag because, yeah, it, you throw – Dane Dunning went out. He didn't pitch bad against Oakland. It's just they had that weird short leash thing mm-hmm. going on. And But um, if you had a Lance Lynn or even in that scenario, you would have a, a Lucas or a Dallas Keuchel pitching game three, depending, like, like you said, on – you can roll these guys out however you like. I still think it's Giolito's team. So he's your number one, but uh, yeah, and I I'm in full agreement. I know this doesn't really make for a great show when we just agree on everything, but I'm in a full agreement with you. Um, how can you not be a fan of Dane Dunning uh, with the injuries and the comeback story and the work he put in? And he's just overall just seems like a nice guy, not really mm-hmm. just like a, a nice dude. Video games, he active on Instagram. Apparently he liked to grill a lot, a lot of Instagram stories of him grilling. Uh, <laughs> he just seemed like a guy, I mean, in his MLB percentile ranking, his fastball velocity wasn't that great. His fastball spin, you know, and curve spin, nothing to write home about. But for a long time in that season, he was, he was getting it done and he was doing well. And you thought, okay, we have a fourth or fifth starter on our hands. Um, According to the MLB pipeline rank, he's instantly the Rangers' number three prospect. Okay. He's yeah. Still, yeah. I mean, I don't say this very often about deals, but I really think this is like a win-win situation here. Yeah, me too. And yeah. I think somebody was saying that Dane's like a ceiling is a fourth starter in the rotation. I think his ceiling is Kyle Hendricks. Okay. I mean, Kyle Hendricks is, you know, a guy that was – traded for Ryan Dempster from Texas to Chicago. And when he came over, people were like, all right, he's nice, he's good, mm-hmm. nothing great. But then now you see Kyle Hendricks. You see the guy who knows how to pitch, the guy who knows how to execute those pitches, the guy who knows how to get it done. And you wouldn't call Kyle Hendricks a fourth starter. At worst, you'll call him a number two. At best, you'll call him a number one starter on those Cubs. So I think that's who Dane Dunning profiles to be if he want, reaches his ceiling now. You know, that Kyle Hendricks is a one and you know, that's not a guy that's every everybody has. Like maybe a Kyle Davies out there in San Diego. There's very few guys that can pitch like Kyle Hendricks does. If Dane Dunny hits that level, which I believe he'll get in that area, it'll be a great trade for everybody. And I think mm-hmm. that the one year we're gonna have Lance Lynn, if he wants to sign on again, fine with me. I think that he'll do justice to what Rick Hahn was thinking to get that top of rotation guy. That's all I was asking. One top rotation guy because they needed it. It was a glaring weakness, and Rick Hahn and the boys got it done. I would definitely agree. And the other people seem to make Lance Lynn sound like he's like 50 years old. He's he's 33. Yuzo, that was you last week. I know. I was upset. When I said people, (laughs) I mean myself. I mean, I'm old too. You see the gray in the beard now? There's gray in the beard. Most of this is from Aldo. But, yeah, there's gray in the beard. And we've got a little little, um, baby – yeah, I do have a two-month-old son. He's adding to the gray. He flipped over for the first time today, too. So way to go, little Brody Zell. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
he's only 33 years old. The early talks that I've seen, nothing concrete, no one that I would call like a solid source, and it's mentioned in our comments over there. Uh, it does sound like Lynn would be open to an extension. He knows Tony LaRusa well, um, you know, having played for him, and, you know, hopefully he can help some of these other guys deal with Tony. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's just um, that's another thing that I was thinking about too. It's like if you you got a guy on a team or you're in a classroom if you never played sports or whatever, and they've had that teacher before or something like that, and the teacher leaves the room, he can turn around and be like, listen, if we play it like this, he's going to act like this, so let's do this. And I feel like having a guy that played for Tony could maybe help some of the pitchers like, hey, if he's being kind of a dick, maybe take this attitude with him and you'll both get along fine. Shouldn't have to be that way. They're all professionals, grown men, but I just – I'm trying to think of a lot of positives because I need positives in this deal. Here's a question I have for both you guys too. I mean, I, obviously when Larusa when Larusa was uh, um, you know announced as a manager and everybody lost you know kind of lost their shit a little bit. Does things like this do moments like this where Lance Lynn says, "Look, uh, I'm coming here because I want to play for Tony Larusa. I'm going to maybe even extend myself because I want to." Does that help at least take some of the? The vitriol down a little bit. Does it does it take the volume down, or is there still going to be? Is this just it's going to be an ongoing thing until God knows when? With 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 the the little vitriol that a lot of people have towards Larusa as the hire in general, or is this going to actually do, do do moments like this help smooth that over a little bit at least? The only thing I think that Tony will have effect on will be the clubhouse and the chemistry. So um, I just don't like what it sends the message when they hired him. So I've calmed down on Tony Larusa because. I'm one of the people who said managers don't matter that much. So I just think that he just has to keep his hands off of Timmy, hands off of Eloy, Robert. Just a, a, let those dudes do them. If they want to have more baseball police, uh, guys who understand Tony's thing, like Lance Lynn, like Adam Eaton in there, smooth. Just let those people be them, and you do you. Go over there in the corner. If you don't like what they're doing, don't talk to them. This is their clubhouse, not yours. You're coming back into this atmosphere. They've established their culture that they have wanted. So I don't think Tony, I mean, it's it, it's obviously he's not going anywhere. So I've resigned to the fact that he's going to be here for at least two years. Um, and then uh, I hope that he just leans on the people who are been there, done that, and his bench coaches, all the coaches that have been there, and, and makes these players comfortable in their skin and doesn't do that – Hey, I'm a manager, a uh, Hall of Fame person here, and you guys got to listen to me. I, I definitely agree. And one of the things in our comments here from, you know, one of our loyal listeners there, Maddie Mitch, shout out Maddie, is winning takes care of everything. And I, you know what? To an extent, I think you're right. I mean, if the Sox come out of the gate, win 15 of the first 20, everybody's in a good mood. Mm-hmm. No one really gives a shit. You know, oh, Tony's going to let the guys kind of do what they're doing because they're winning. And I think Tony is definitely experienced enough to know don't broke it or don't fix it if it ain't broke. You know what I mean? So on the flip side of that, they come out, they lose their first 15 out of 20. Yeah. That, that's when the city of Chicago and most – The Slacks come out and they're 5 and 15, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's let's not even talk about that. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that, I just want to ask you uh, both of you one question with Lynn. Uh, so the only, I guess the not a negative, but the only like uh, 
little complaint was obviously the Sox liked him. They were interested in him since, uh, you know, since the summer. Are you at all mad that like they didn't try to go for it and get him for the postseason run in 2020? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I wanted them to hold and didn't want them to take a huge risk. I was thinking they had to do multiple players. If the price was only going to be Dane Dunning eventually, like in the summer of 2020, I would have been hitting the deal button then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, it would hurt, but I was like, yeah, let's, we need to win the 2020 championship in 2020. We can only do that then. And that would have been like a year and a couple of months of, Lancelin instead of the year we get from and mm-hmm. yeah I that's I kind of worry about that like why didn't they pull the trigger then like were they asking for way too much or if it was just Dunning what happened what changed uh I agree um and definitely correct me if I'm wrong because I'm dumb what up King Mac um the Rangers got a new GM correct they did Chris Young yeah. big tall pitcher so new mm-hmm. GM was that the guy who tried to fight Derek Lee? Yes, mm-hmm. I believe so. Yes, <laughs> six or Chris Young, the Cardinal too, right? Um, so from what I've read or whatever, and a couple people that I talked to, new GM, new price tag. Uh, the price tag in the summer of 2020 was Dane Dunning plus, and not okay. not plus a whatever they gave him some like prospect i've never heard of and i've i'm pretty intuitive with what's going on with the white Sox. i think his name is weems maybe yeah something i mean i'm i hope he practices saying hurts run a car but anyways uh, <laughs> avery weems thank you there it is um so new gm new price tag yeah it would have been awesome because we've already said if he was our third starter in that oakland series i think the white Sox get to the second round or first round, whatever. Um, but with the new price tag, with what they paid and where he's at with his contract, this is going to be a good segue. Where he's at with his contract would think that would have saved you enough fucking money to go out <laughs> and get a top tier right fielder. Okay, you just got that top tier pitching rotation guy who finished seventh in the Cy Young voting. So now you have the fifth, sixth, and seventh guy in the AL Cy Young voting in your rotation. You're looking good. You're looking real good. Save some money too. So we got one more year left on his deal. So you got money. So let's go out and sign George Springer, Michael Brantley. Let's go get, let's get crazy. Let's get Jock Peterson. Adam fucking Eaton. (laughs) (laughs) I was so mad. And I usually try to like keep my composure a little bit on Twitter, you know, try to play it cool. cool. I couldn't even hold it back. I'm sitting here just firing off tweets left and right. Like I probably sound like a 15 year old girl, but I I couldn't hold it in. I was just, I was so upset and I, I don't know. Just now I'm like reliving the moment and it was, it was funny. We wanted you on the show for a while. We just had to make sure that the timing all worked out. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I saw the Adam Eaton signing, I was like, Herb's coming on me and her need to talk about this. Uh, so that's right away when I messaged you. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to make it seem okay, her, but w- what are your initial thoughts on the fucking Adam Eaton signing? Well, I was off um, this whole week. I've been taking off cause I had, had to take them. Right. And so I was playing the PS4 
And so my girlfriend sends me a text, like, did you see it? Like, see what? Um, and I was thinking she sent me a Corgi pick or something like that. Yeah. And I look, and it's damn Adam Eaton is getting acquired. by Chuck Garfine sends it out, and I'm like, oh, some bitch. Some bitch has been uh, talking about it like two days before, and now mm-hmm. Adam Eaton's a damn White Sox. I was like, God damn it, Chuck. Did they tell you? They give you the damn deal, too? But I was like, no. This guy was a clubhouse cancer. He just was grading people's nerves every time. I mean, mm-hmm. ask Miguel Montero when he was, there were teammates in Arizona. Same thing that happened here with the White Sox. Todd Frazier, they just did not feel good about each other. Now, the Nationals, a different story. Howie Kendrick loves them. Most of the people on that team loved them because I think it seemed like he realized his place on the team. He's like, okay, I'm not top dog here. Mm-hmm. And he didn't play as such. When he's four years in the Nationals, I think he had a combined like four uh, B-War or F-War in this time. And the White Sox, it was only three, and it was only had four, he had a 14 more. See, great player with the White Sox, shitty person. Mm-hmm. With the Nationals, seem like a model citizen, just an all right player. Mm-hmm. And so that's the player we're getting back. The all right player that we jettisoned is coming back to the White Sox to play every day right field. That's what I'm pissed about. Because now Adam Eaton is just as good as Adam Ingle. Like, they're the same player, defense plus, can bring a little pop to the bit, the plate, but mm-hmm. I'd much rather play Adam Ingle in right field because he's a couple years younger, he's not a douche, he's worked his way up from minor leagues, from struggling in minor leagues, struggling in major leagues, and then eventually working a swing out last year with Frank Minichino at AAA, and then coming back this year, being a major league hitter. That's all you want, especially a guy that plays stellar defense like that. I would rather him play 140 games than have Adam Eaton play 140. This guy sucks. And with all, like you said, all the options out there, the menu is full. And we're on the, we're on the goddamn last page picking a la carte. Mm-hmm. And this is garbage. Like, I don't care if George Springer says he wants to play center. Put enough money in front of him, that some bitch will be in the right field at, starting, at the start of the year. He'll be like, oh, yeah, that man, Luis Robert, a little bit better than I am. Mm-hmm. I'll be over here in right field. This money still counts, though. Doesn't it? Yes, it feels yep. good. So I don't understand. This crying poor garbage is just old. It's old White Sox stuff, and we're bringing back old White Sox. For what? I don't understand. It just – there's nothing about this deal that makes sense at all. And I know Tony. He sees fast, scrappy guy who can kind of get on base. He's going to mm-hmm. put that some bitch at the top of the lineup. And Timmy's going to be like, I've been dominating the, the top of the lineup last year. You're going to drop me down? F this garbage. That man should be in the ninth hole at best. Who's that? not playing at all. Um, Adam Eaton. So you, can, you guys, can you guys feel me? I'm, as a Cub fan, I'm kind of a little bit uh, yeah. a little bit behind on all this stuff. As far like again, I, I'm looking at just – I just look at the numbers right now mm-hmm. first. And other than the strike you – know, the, uh, the COVID-shortened season this year, which really screwed a lot of really good baseball players, didn't right. perform well. He's been consistently a guy that gets on base, you know, actually had two really good years where you had an OBP of almost 400, but he seems to be consistent, not like above, above average, but, but consistent. Mm-hmm. But what was it that really got him in the doghouse? Was, was it the, the kid with the, with the LaRoche kid and he took side of LaRoche and then Jimmy that, Rollins came in and it became like that Jimmy Rollins feud. And that's what really led to Eaton kind of well, becoming okay. kind of a bad guy. Was that it? Or was it, what, what else was that? Like, cause so, I, I, all I know is that he took the side of the kid with uh, yeah. with LaRoche's side of the kid, he couldn't get along with Todd Frazier, which 
I well, is it I okay? So they, what I read was that that Frazier took sides with Rollins, and that's what led because they were had not lockers next to each other. It's yeah, or something. something like that. Um, he, how do I put this? Was there more? I guess. Well, he's just kind of just a well-known kind of a. Uh, actually, Herb, your Definitely. buddy, your buddy Lawrence used a, a word for him that I'm going to use now for the rest of my life. You call him a hustle dork. Yes. And he's kind of like he has like that Rudy esque to him, where like he always feels like what okay. are you drinking, dude. Uh, that, oh no, no, it was my my facial reaction was the hustle dude. Oh okay, hustle. <laughs> I, I love using hustle, but hustle I hate the dork. I hate the Rudy the engine guys. They're like yes. it's like bro. And he he just doesn't he didn't really know when to stop it. Um, of uh, sliding the first base all the time. He yeah, wants he, to show you how he, much he's hustling. Yeah, like Instead the fake of, hustle guy. He's yeah, he, exactly like we he's talked about it early in the show. He's like a Duke basketball player. Like, <laughs> that's actually that's a pretty fair comparison for him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So and then a, so he's right, a my, personality too. Yeah. Right. Yes, he's very okay. abrasive personality. And then you know, I'm not really one for taking people, but he said some along with like social issues. He said some pretty douchey shit, you know, and. He's just in my mind. He's just a complete douche canoe, but I thought about it a little bit more, and I agree with you. He's he's not a huge upgrade over where Ingle is going and where Eaton is going. They're kind of meeting there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like two trains in the night. You know what I mean? Like they're they're meeting there. Um, I feel like the the White Sox have taken this whole. He's going to bring like grittiness to this team angle, which I want to fucking puke every time someone does that. It's definitely the company line right now, um, which is fine. But as far as a baseball player is concerned, um, he does put the bat on the ball. He does not strike out a lot. He has, uh, he was in the top 8% in 2020. And I don't use 2020 stats to judge a lot of things, but uh, in with percentage, he was in the top eight percentile in the league. He he, he puts the bat on the ball. Uh, some of my other problems with him is the health issues. Um, if you're going to go out and when your team is right there, you're right there. Like you want to talk about windows, you want to do all this shit. I don't know. He's he, he's an improvement a little bit defensively. He is a little bit more consistent. Um, I haven't heard you guys say the one thing that really makes a difference with the White Sox specifically at this point of where they're at in the window. He has a ring. He does have a ring. And so that's kind of, I saw something last night that definitely calmed me down as they were announcing the all MLB teams. Um, they were talking about, I don't think Adam Ingle is going to be an everyday guy. That's another thing. If you look at his stats, when he's, when he's the fourth guy, he plays a lot better than when they try to put him in for long periods of time. Anyways, um, so I'm watching the MLB selection show for the first team, all MLB, and they're all over Juan Soto's nuts, which they should be. Kids unreal. Like he's top three baseball player right now. Mm-hmm. And they're showing highlights of Juan Soto and he's talking about different players and all that stuff. And there's so many highlights of him and Adam Eaton, like doing handshakes and dances and stuff like that. And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, hmm. Now if this son bitch can get along with this 22 year old superstar, Latin. 22 year old superstar. Maybe he's learned. And I really like how you put it, Herb. He knows he's not the man. And if, 
if he comes to the White Sox and knows he's not the man and knows that he's supposed to be kind of like someone to be a little bit of guidance, maybe he shuts his fucking mouth and doesn't say, you know, mess up what they got going on there. And he just shows that he's there for the ultimate goal, which is to get another ring. This might be, it might work. I, I'm not happy about it. I, they're like you said, they were reading that menu, but, and so to the people are lighting up the comments right now about the Ingle to Eaton. First of all, thanks for hiring another guy with an E last name. You fucking jerks. I have a hard <laughs> enough time with names. Um, and they're in the same spot too. Right. Like, uh, Ingle, Eaton, Eaton, and, they, and they're That's Adam. Um, Eaton's a better player than Ingle. I'm not questioning that. I think Ingle is on the way up. Eaton's stats are plateauing or declining, depending how you want to look at him. Um, I don't think Ingle is an everyday guy. That's that's how I'll put that. I think Ingle is a outstanding fourth outfielder, but not a starter. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I would just like to add that it's the window that is opened up. They keep on talking about that. Mm-hmm. And this is their first free agent signing. They set the market. I mean, was anybody else going after Adam Eaton? Really? No one was going after Adam Eaton. And they, their first free agent move was Adam Eaton. That seems like a guy you can get in February. <laughs> yes. You don't like, like, oh, we struck out from George Springer. We struck out from Jock Peterson. We struck out from uh, Michael Brantley. Let's downshift to get Adam Eaton. Everybody's like, it's not our favorite, but hell, let's go. This feels like last year when they're talking about Marcelo Zuna and people are saying, man, the White Sox are in good talks with Marcelo Zuna. Mm-hmm. And then Rick Hahn guffaws that off. Ha ha, we're not that. Jerry thought he had a senior moment. We'd never sign Marcelo Zuna. Then they go and get Nomar Mazzara. Garbage like that. This seems like the same move. Like, And they're talking this guy up to say – yeah, he's going to be this, that, and the other. If you sign a guy, like, there's no uh, there's no rationalizing the Lance Lynn's uh, trade. After a while, we're like, yeah, Dane Tunney was good, but Lance Lynn is better. Right. That's going to help the goddamn White Sox win a World Series. There's a lot of rationalizing going on with the Adam Eaton signing. Mm-hmm. It's weird. If you sign a guy in December during the GM meetings, that should be, like, excellent. Man, we are moving on. We are doing things the right way. I feel good about this move. And another thing, it's a one-year deal for a guy that's not that great. Like, if you sign a one-year deal for a guy that is going to explode this year and then go off to somewhere else, mm-hmm. man, I'm in. Win the 2021 championship in 2021. But Adam Eaton is no great shakes. He is not great at all. So oh, I am just up. so, so furious about this move. The timing, all these things come together, and it doesn't make for a great um, recipe for the White Sox. At the end, in 2021, at the end, they might win the World Series, but I guarantee it won't be because Adam Eaton. I guarantee that. Yeah, and I would agree. And I mean, I think he's going to bring something to the table. And then I love that he's commenting on this show, and I think it's only because you're here, her. But our boy, our boy King Mac is chiming in, and he wants to know: Do you want to see the rest of the moves before judging the Eaton move? So no, I'll let you- that shouldn't be. No, we shouldn't judge any move. Adam Eaton's the first move. You got to judge that move by itself. Mm-hmm. That's the move they deem that move to be that 
important, they made it first. It didn't seem like anybody's chasing him. It's like you're, I don't know, you're grabbing for the first person that says hi to you. It's weird. You don't need to go and get Adam Eaton at this period. If you have other people, and this is what tells me exactly, you're rationalizing the deal by mm-hmm. saying, I got to wait until in the next move. Are we rationalizing the Lance Lynn deal? Are we saying we got to wait for the next pitcher move? No, we're saying Lance Lynn's good. We're good. Right. That's and- why the move is bad because you're already <laughs> saying, oh, what, what do they have in store after it? No, I feel like right. correct, Carlos, by the way. Um, the answer to oh. this question is Tim Anderson. It's Tim Anderson, 100%. And- by the way, Herb, you nailed it because this that this movie uh, reminded me exactly of the Nomar Mazzara trade last year. And even all the all the follow-ups last year was like, oh, well, look at the rest of their moves. You know, they got Yasmani Grandal. They got Dallas Keuchel. It's like, all right, maybe they could have taken uh, a, a like higher risk getting a guy, a low end guy like Mazzara and hope he busts mm-hmm. out. And it's like, no, you had guys last year. You had Ozuna who you could have had. You had Castellanos who was out there. You could have had two like guys who were a whole bunch better than no more Mazzara. And you have it again. And, and again, and it hurts more because it's the first guy. It's yeah. the first guy. You have Springer out there. You have Ozuna again out there. You have nice. Brantley. You have Jock Peterson. You have at least four guys in free agency that are a lot better than Adam Eaton and the Sox just settled. They just settled for a guy who you hope can return back to, you know, being like a, what, like a 110 uh, WRC player, like a two-war player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys, you, you could have like double the production just if, just by spending a little more money. And, and it's just money. Yeah. Which you have plenty of. And yep. I think that, and I speculated last year that there has to be some deal with Jerry Reinsdorf tells, um, Rick Hahn, hey, you could spend big, but then you have to find another way. This is what I thought he did last year. It's like, okay, $73 million for Yasmina Grandel. Awesome. You guys want Keiko and Encarnacion? All right, for that right fielder, you're going to have to do some creative things because you have no more money. So yep. trade to get this guy if you like him. And <laughs> I, I don't know if you did it on purpose. But you said no more money. And I don't know oh. if you did that on purpose. That was not. awesome. That was fantastic. I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the same thing that happened here. It's like, okay, you can go and get Lance Lynn. It's only $8 million last year's contract, whatever. But for right field, I'm not giving you George Springer money. I'm not giving you the money to go and get Jock Peterson. you got to find a way. And this is, this is why the White Sox are continually the worst uh, right fielders in the league. Like, they cannot hit ever since Adam Eaton left, and then the DH spot is a terrible spot in the American League. Every year, even though last year I was all in for the Encarnacion year. But, you know, whatever. He was 2020 stats. I I throw him away. That's why I don't bring up Adam Eaton's 2020 stats. His 2019 stats, he was declining. I mean, he was above average. I think his wins uh, run created plus where a weighted run created plus was like 104. But years before, it was like – like 120 goes up there. It was yep. during the White Sox years, like 140. Mm-hmm. So he's showing a steady decline, which you should. That's good. As a person that I doesn't think that takes steroids, he should be showing the steady decline while he's coming out of his uh, prime years. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. He's going out of his prime years instead of coming back into him, which Eaton or uh, Engel might be. So I don't think he's any great shakes himself. But if we're going to do the cheap thing, just had Adam Engel out there. And platoon with some other lefty, like Jack Peterson, which would have been fine. Um, yeah, would have been fine. So, 
the thing with the the eating too, and it should be the White Sox. You know, there's there's a trend on Twitter right now is tell me you're a White Sox fan without telling me you're a White Sox or whatever the hell it is. You could easily just put like I have to rationalize every move my team makes because that's literally what being a White Sox fan is. Um, do we have any good deals on Sox jerseys? Yeah, I got a guy 35th and Shields. Go down there, honk your horn twice. Tell them Zoe sent you. We get the <laughs> comments. Sorry, Jessica, I got to bust your chops a little bit. Uh, no, we don't have any good deals. Um, and then I do want to point out one other comment. If you ever say this again, Jack, look at me, Jack. Jack, if you ever say this again about my guy, Magical, next time you deliver mail to my parents' house, I'm going to let the gate unlocked and you're going to meet their dog. All right? <laughs> Or so, Jack, he will never allow you to see that makeup table over his yeah, right shoulder. This, this will, I will burn this, Jack. This now, I, he, he makes a great point. I, I mean, uh, Adam they might see, uh, Adam might see your boy magical and think he's Drake LaRoche. He looks that young. And put, yeah, put him under his wing. Yeah. Groom <laughs> <laughs> the next clubhouse leader for the Sox. And I'm going to say this, and I know you both, you're going to run with this, especially you all, though, but. In a sense, they're not that different as a baseball player. They're as not. a baseball player, as a baseball player, I know that dog does love you, Jack. God damn it. Um, as a baseball player, very high contact rate, bat on ball, doesn't strike out a lot. So minus the whole being a complete D-bag, hopefully, you know, magical. Because Adam Eaton is a good – he's not a bad baseball player. Declining, yes. But as a baseball player, he's not a bad baseball player. It's just mm-hmm. – it's just for me, it's overshadowed by this. Like, you thought an eight year old kid or whatever age he was was a leader in your clubhouse, so much so that you went public against the front office of the team you played for, dude. And yeah, so and the one thing I'll say about Adam Eaton that's positive mm-hmm. Adam like positive. Eaton allowed these White Sox, what is great play as a White Sox player, to turn this into current. Lucas Giolito yes. and, and Lance Lynn because Dane Dunning went the other way. So and Raylo. I don't I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't I put him in there. That I I blame him for that one. <laughs> that's that's fair. So that kind of transitions though, and it, we it got brought up multiple times when we were just talking about Eaton. What is next? Now you went cheap on your right fielder, one year, what, eight mil? That was it for Eaton, right? One eight mil. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's nothing. Lynn's on the, on his last year of his deal, so you got cheap. That you it's not cheap, but you got a good rate, seven mil for Eaton. So you got you got some money left in Uncle Jerry's piggy bank. Got some change right on around there. There's still moves to be. This team is very good. I would say this team is. I wouldn't call him a favorite, but. They're in the hunt for at least the AL Central easily. Um, depending on both teams, I mean, are the Indians going to trade Frankie? Who are the Twins going to sign? They seem to be losing guys left. And there's a lot of we got a lot of time between now and February, but there's some moves, and there seems to be a which is scaring me, a agreement amongst people in White Sox Twitter amongst all the different podcasts and shows and everything like that, which by the way, you should be listening to Herb show locked on socks daily show, which you guys are nuts with how often you do an episode. Um, the two players, and I'm just going to go throw them out, go and get a closer in Hendricks and go and get uh, Marcelo Zuna. 
to me, those two moves make you the team to beat in the AL Central. Hendricks addresses your closer issue. You have, I would say, top five and feel comfortable saying that bullpen in, in baseball. And then you get a guy who's Azuna who's coming off of first team all MLB DH monster year. You can't throw a fastball to him. And in U.S. Cellular Comiskey rate guaranteed park, he's going to hit homers. Like that park is built for a Marcelo Zuna. So Liam Hendricks and Marcelo Zuna are my two guys on my wish list. I know I'm not going out on a ledge. I do have a couple other options, but I mean, Herb, what, I mean, obviously, what do you think about those moves? And are there other guys that you think should still be a move? See, I'm thinking that the White Sox currently are thinking that Vaughn has to play DH. I wouldn't mind if he didn't play DH because he's a young player. Agreed. I just want him in the lineup. I mean, first base is occupied right now, and I think that's mostly the position he can play. I know he did some third base, but that's also <laughs> occupied too. So, with that being said, the Marcelo Zuna thing would fit perfectly. And, bonus, his cousin is Pablo Azuna. So, they would work in with the family thing that the White Sox always do. We love that. So, they can bring <laughs> Pablo back to lure Marcel in. Then, if that doesn't work out, and 100% on Liam Hendricks, Anytime you can get a top-rate closer of his ilk, not even just a closer, just a good, great pitcher, um, bring him in. And he's Australian on, on top of it. Let's go. Um, but I've always wanted Michael Brantley. 100%. Like, since he's been an Indian, I'm like, that guy, all he does is hit. 100%. Mm-hmm. And it solves one of my problems is that Eloy gets hurt in the outfield all the time. I know Eloy doesn't want to play DH, but God damn it, tell me that you're not going to get hurt or not hurt the team while being out in left field, then I'll put you out in left field. Until he stops doing that, Michael Brantley in left field, DH for Eloy. We'll give him a couple of opportunities to play left field if he really wants to versus a a tough lefty give Michael Brantley a a blow that day. Mm -hmm. But I would love Michael Brantley on the White Sox. I think he fills out all the boxes you want. While he's not... Young anymore. I think he's going to be 34, 35 this year. Um, but every time you watch him, inside out swing, left center field double. Inside out swing, left center field home run. Mm-hmm. One right down the line. Come professional bat every time you're up to bat. And the lineup would just be so much better with a nice, solid lefty in there uh, every day. Uh, I would wish that the White Sox are going to open up the, pay- the paycheck. Either do the Ozuna thing like you're talking about, because I never thought about that as the DH. That would be genius. Mm-hmm. Or go and get my guy, Michael Brantley. No, now, you, I, guys, you, you guys keep saying, you know, left-handed bat, and I, as a Cub fan, I got to obviously throw it out there. Don't is, want him. Is the idea of getting a bat like Schwarber even, even remotely a thought? It's probably a thought, and they could probably get him for cheap, so cheaper. that makes him automatically in the running when it comes to this White Sox team. I would, love him as DH. I would love him as DH. I would love him as DH. I wouldn't get mad about it. Yeah, if he would come on, what, seven, eight million dollars? Was he scheduled to make nine million this year? Seven, eight million dollars, one year tryout, just mm-hmm. to hit bombs at guaranteed rate? Go for it. I guarantee he's going to do some work next year, either with the Yankees or Red Sox. Mm-hmm. If the White Sox decide, hey, we're just going to do it. I don't even know if the Cubs are done with him. I hope the Cubs are not done with him. You draft them fourth overall. You're going to get rid of him just because he makes a couple dollars? Come on now. Right. And well, one thing I, he's yeah. broke. 
Everyone's. Broke. Oh yeah, I forgot the cops can't. Yeah, the billionaires can't pay two hundred fifty million, two hundred fifty thousand dollars to the city of Chicago. They yep. need a little more extra time. Yeah, these yeah, broke millionaires. Bad for them, really. I really did the, breaking my the, heart. The calculations. It's about if a person makes like fifty thousand a year, it's about twelve dollars and fifty cents. What the Cubs, a billion dollar company plus, would have to pay the two fifty. Unreal, dude. But something that you mentioned earlier with Andrew Vaughn mm-hmm. seems to be a, another hot button topic. Um, you know what they should do with them. I personally think it wouldn't kill Andrew Vaughn to start in double A. Okay. Um, just for he's ready. I'm not arguing that fact. I'm not arguing that fact at all. And I don't, you don't need, you could save yourself the typing for all you in the comments. <laughs> I'm not arguing the fact that Andrew Vaughn is ready. What I am wanted. So we've mentioned on the show a couple times, and we've had it confirmed by actual MLB players, the best pitching in baseball in the minor leagues is in double A. Because those are the guys that are hungry. Those are the guys trying to make it. You know, triple A, sometimes you get uh, like a 42-year-old journeyman out there throwing a ball. That's not what you're going to see in the show. So you throw Andrew Vaughn in double A in a hard park to hit in in Birmingham and let him see a little bit more of that professional-level pitching. He's he's seen – you know, was it? It's not the Olympics, but the World Baseball thing. He played for Team USA. He 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 succeeded there. He was a great. I think he batted seventh, but he hit really well. Um, he was in A plus ball before COVID and all this crazy shit, and he was doing okay. I mean, he wasn't you know Juan Soto lighting the miners on fire, but he was doing okay. I still wouldn't mind having him in Double A, and so that's where I think of Marcelo Zuna. That's the, an insurance policy, as well as. Jose Abreu, I love him to death, but he it's another year added onto that body. So you start getting Vaughn in there, maybe a little rotation with Ozuna, Abreu in the first base and everything like that, and you're all set. Now, I, I brought this up because the other reason I want uh, – what's up, North Carolina? Uh, the other thing I want, Marcelo Ozuna, is bam. I mean, look at that year, dude. Wow. That's Marcelo Ozuna. Jesus Christ. And for those of you listening to the podcast, this makes for really good listening. But I also I just have his 2020 percentile rankings up and just know it's all red, except for his whiff percentage. But he's a slugger. So but that's pretty yeah. That's Even his sprint speed is high. Right. And he can still play the field a little bit because you know he's always gonna run into a wall. He's gonna do his hammock net thing. He's gonna do something stupid that we're all like, ha, that's Eloy. And then your one of your best hitters is out for two months. Um Marcel could fill in. He's not ideal, but that's also why you got Eaton and uh, the other E. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's why Marcel Zuna makes a little bit. I I don't mind that. Yeah, that's right, Mac. I brought up charts. I'm char. I got. I got. I got Herb on the show. I got. I got to bring the A game today. I got charts. Um, Now, Zoe, deep down, do you think the Sox pay? are willing to spend what it's going to take to get Ozuna? He could be him. If him and Hendricks are their big ticket items, I think that two together with what they paid Grandal in Dallas last year, it, they'd probably get those two for way cheaper. I, Marcelo Ozuna definitely strikes me as a guy that he's going to just call and be like, what's the best you can do for a one year? I'm betting on myself again, a full season. I wouldn't sign a long-term deal if I was a player right now. No. With the CBA expiring no. after this next year. Just yeah, bet on yourself again. He's young enough to go back in and maybe get a couple more years. I mean, I'd see what uh, Castellanos bet on himself. He's going to go back to the Reds. And J.D. Martinez, the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. Never, I wouldn't sign a long-term deal right here. Maybe two-year deal or a year with an option uh, for the player. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you want to get in here, I think, what, $18 million he did for the Braves last year, $18, mm-hmm. $19 million, $20 million for the White Sox next year, it's a discount. It's, it's a bargain. They are not paying anybody. I know we were talking before the show about the rebuild numbers yeah. and payroll. What are they at now, 17th? Yep. It's, I mean, ridiculous. Last year, I think they were 15th on payroll. They're mm-hmm. not spending a lot of money. They have a lot of money. And all this talk about owners losing money this year is garbage. They didn't lose money. They just didn't get the money that they're expecting. That's not losing. They, none of these people went into their own pockets and like, oh, man, we are got to pay these guys' salary. Or we got to pay the – look at all the years. Look at all the minor leagues getting cut down. Look at all the employees getting cut down. Owners made sure that money was made by them this year. So when you hear them crying poor, when you see these cheap moves, know that they're pocketing these moves. And there's nobody in the major leagues that is struggling. None. Zero. And Jerry Reinsdorf especially. I think there was an article on Twitter today that somebody said that he bought this team for $20 million. That team is worth north of $2 billion now. So he's he good. Money. Yeah, he made a He's little. good. He's fine. The team is fine. Now, budgeting and operation uh, structure, things like that, might be a little different. But do not let these people say, oh, man, the pandemic really wiped us out. No, it didn't. Nope. Then they're a bad business. If you're one summer knocks you out, you're a horrible business. You sell that team. Mm-hmm. These dickheads reminds me of the, these. They remind me of the guys at the blackjack table that you're playing with, and they take their bet down. They've been betting, you know, a hundred bucks per hand, and then because they they don't they're, just, they're not on a good hot run, they're gonna only bet twenty five, and they win. But then they're like pissed. Like, the fucking lost one hundred fifty bucks today. No, you didn't, dude. You won fifty. You just didn't bet, and that's yes. what it reminds me of. They're like they're saying they're 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 not making money, but they're not losing money. Like it's, I mean, right. they are, but the, the, them personally, like the, the yeah. operational budget when it comes to the team, which is what drives us nuts as Cub fans, because there's no reason for a team like the Cubs that's worth $3.4 billion should ever, ever be worrying about a luxury tax, let alone trying to cut it to 70 below the, you know, right now I think they're at what, uh, I think the, I have the Cubs at a hundred. Hmm. I don't know. I just lost it. Dang it. They're like at 160, right? Yeah. 160 yeah. and it's what? 210 or something like that. Right. Is that what it's going to be? Yeah. Somewhere around. They're, they're basically, the Cubs are basically going to head to 2021 cutting 25% of their payroll and and it's like no you didn't have to do that right. mm-hmm. and then we do got one question that comments do you see an extension coming for Lucas Gili I mean it's going to happen sooner or later I mean yeah. they got all this extra cash it's not like they're, they're spending a lot right now um, and then the mention to Liam Hendricks he's 31 years old Another all MLB team closer. And I mean, you want edge. That's a pissed off Australian dude. It doesn't get much more edgy than that. Um, (laughs) And I think he'd be a great fit. Again, this White Sox bullpen is phenomenal in my opinion. And, you know, we're going to get a full season of crochet um, who Lucas Giolito just said has a nastier fastball than Araldis Chapman. Let's fucking go. Um, So, yeah, I mean, with Colme leaving, Liam Hendricks seems like the no-brainer to me. But that's when I get scared is when I think these guys are no-brainers because every no-brainer I think of just doesn't happen. Michael Brantley, Jock Peterson, George Springer, those are no-brainers. Adam Eaton, not a no-brainer. Uh, the other question comes up, 
and I guess this is a fair question. There's not a lot of people that are very confident in Zach Collins. Mm. Herb, you ready it. for Yachty? You ready for Yachty to come over from St. Louis? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's the same answer I give him every time he does that shit, Herb. Absolutely not. <laughs> so am I reading this right real quick? I know it's totally off topic, but I'm reading from John Shannon that the NHL is planning on the private purchase of a COVID vaccine vaccine for all constituents involved in their upcoming season. I wonder if Major League Baseball is thinking about that and if that alters how teams plan out their budget as well, if they know that they're going to have a, like a, like a vaccine for their own players. It's the weirdest thing in the world. The NHL through this bubble, through everything has become like the forefront of all these leagues. I mean, NBA mm-hmm. had a great bubble, but yes. the NHL, they had an awesome bubble. They took priority on, you know, the players and their safety. And now they're buying the vaccine. I mean, ridiculous. That's awesome. Yeah. That is an awesome thing. And and yeah, Major League Baseball is always garbage. And the NFL is, you know, behind the times. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I couldn't I couldn't imagine people not following the lead of the NHL doing this because I think the NHL realized and I know baseball does that having fans in the stands and having your players safe and healthy is the lifeblood of your sport. Mm -hmm. And without that, you're going to lose money. And I'm put those in quotes. So this is like I don't know why other teams didn't think about this before, but the NHL, kudos to them. They're they're forward thinking, not reactive. I mean, not not just reacting to whatever. They're proactive. Mm-hmm. I just saw that. Sorry, totally off topic, but I no. I feel like that could affect the, it, the the budgets for these major league teams too. If they know they're going to get something back I mean, sooner, they may be more inclined to spend a little and stop playing this uh, "I'm broke" game. That's pretty significant, man. Because like you said, the having a product is what's going to keep your business going. And these major sports, their product is their players. And why wouldn't you? You're a multi-billion dollar organ. Like Major League Baseball makes billions of dollars a year. Buy the vaccine. Like, I, I, I again, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb, but these are these no-brainers to me that I just don't understand why it seems so simple. And it could be because, you know, the NHL has some things in Toronto, and that's where they had their bubbles in, mm-hmm. in the uh, Canadian provinces. So Canada already has the vaccine up there. They're not going through trials. They're having people get it. So mm-hmm. maybe they're a little forward thinking because they have so many teams up there, and they're like, okay, our players are getting it. And I remember last year they were like, yeah, the bubble thing is fine, but also feels like we're confined to this area. It feels like in prison, and they don't want to put their players through that again. They mm-hmm. want the product to be on their home ice. And now, like, the NHL's doing a radical realignment. They're just mm-hmm. forward thinking. Like, we're the fourth sport in America. How do we right. get up to three? Mm-hmm. How do we get up to two? How do we get more eyes on our product? That's what you got to be thinking, and kudos to them. It gets me excited. It gets me excited about just baseball, though, too, to see that there could be a – uh, it, that, that we could be closer to a normal 162 next year that, that we can be complaining about the normal things at an all-star break, as opposed to wondering why some superstars are having a hard time in a shortened season with no fan. Like it does, it, it alters the game. I think, I mean, it was fine when we did this whole 60 game season this summer, but to be able to have a, a full boat allows players, you know, like especially the ones that maybe don't start fast, but finish strong. And those guys never got a chance to really finish strong because they didn't get to that point. They only got to that point where they're just starting to figure it out. And, you know, baseball, major league baseball is not meant to be a 60 gamer, but that was, we got our taste, right. but this is. I'm very, very curious as to how much the NHL is going to pay for this. It's interesting to me. 
I was going to say, don't worry, MLB will turn it into, oh, we have to spend this much money on the vaccine. Sorry. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Passes oh, on to the players yes. and, the, yeah. and the consumers. Yes, for sure. It's like, guys, so, you know that new CBA? Well, we have to spend all these million dollars on the vaccine, so sorry. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yep. We have of dollars. We apologize, but no, we're broke. Yeah, there's a don't die clause in your contract. And uh, yeah. You'll be fine. And you yep. violate it. Sorry, yep. guy. Sorry, guy. Sorry, but we're uh, we're legally out of this, so uh, my condolences, and yep. here is the fine card. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, there we got about what, like a month and a half before spring training. Yeah, right. Like, about two months. Yeah, like, like two mid months. February. Yeah. Mid- all right. There's time. I just it's still just sitting in the back of my head that they felt the need to run to the phones and sign Adam Eaton. Like that was the, that was the move. That was the big, we had to do this, but now we know though. Now we know the next time Chuck has a story and it's just like out of nowhere and it's a free agent. Like we know that in a couple days and he pounds on it. Like Chuck was pounding the Adam Eaton story to the mm-hmm. point where I even got, I was just like, what are you? Cause that's not usually Chuck's thing. <laughs> no. like, Chuck is, I think Chuck's hilarious. Chuck does a, a hell of a job of what he does, but he usually doesn't like take sides or do. And the fact that he started pounding the pavement for Adam Eaton and he got kind of lit up, um, you know, in the comments, people saying you're carrying water for the organization. What are you doing to the point where he actually started replying to comments, which, you know, people he never does that. Yeah, exactly. You know, people <laughs> get pissed when they start replying to the comments. So he started replying. He's like, no, he's like someone outside the organization told me that this could be a possibility, which holy shit. That's just every journalist or writer or whatever. I mean, I have fucking people that slide in my DMs to tell me stuff. You know, like I'm just a guy. Yeah, and I don't go running to the internet about it. Like, hey, yeah, motherfucker told me that some guy yeah. is coming. Right, but the fact that Chuck, they said it like two days before, and then the day before they had like a a fucking panel on their live app thing to talk about what Adam Eaton to the Sox would look like, and I was like, okay, this the, where there's smoke, there's fire with this, and then literally the next day it was boom. It'll and I like, mean, it was like Cole Wright going the marquee, man. You know the Cubs need. They need a nice right-hander on the team. Mm-hmm. And then and he, he gets a specific name. If we can get this guy, Taiwan Walker, comes to the Cubs, that would be great. And then Taiwan Walker signs the next day. But Cole wouldn't do that. No. It's, it's kind of like on our show, maybe someone coming on and saying that KB was going to be announced as uh, coming off of the uh, injured list <laughs> on one day. And, uh, oh, wait. You know what, Herb? Herb, you just said Tywin Walker. At this point, as a Cubs fan, I'm desperate. Where I wish Cole Wright will, goes on marquee right now and tells me about anyone that the Cubs are. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like, I, I don't even I, care if he's lying. Just tell me something. I don't. I don't know how <laughs> Cubs fans do it. Like, it's like you had the article by Matthew Trueblood, who I like, but then he said that whole Cubs thing was a failure. Theo's tenure was a failure. I'm like, god damn. And yeah. then the Cubs. Ever since the, I mean. I don't know how Cub fans feel about that tenure they just had. I think if the White Sox come anywhere close to that, I'm jumping in the lake every fucking winter, yes. happy as hell that we went to LCS after LCS after LCS. And we won a World Series, by the way. Spoiled. Spoiled. They're spoiled. The, 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 honestly, these are the same bandwagoners that showed up in 03 that dipped out in 05. They're the same bandwagoners that showed up towards the end of the decade in what is 08 or 09 or whatever. They were gone, and then they rolled in again, and now they're – honestly, I feel bad because I, you know where they're headed, right? Those bandwagoners are headed south. 
and they're going to be a part of your your area for a bit. And that toxicity is just disgusting. It's I'll always, and, I'll always welcome new Sox fans. Always welcome new Sox. More people listen to the show. More people listen to the White Sox podcast. The bloggers that work their ass off. More people reading it. More people at the stands. More revenue. More money. But I will say this to people that are considering joining the White Sox bandwagon. We're not as nice as some of the other teams. You will get put on blast rather quickly. There's been people dropping like fucking flies on White Sox Twitter, straight up deleting their accounts and shit. Like it, it's it gets pretty savage out there, especially. And the South Side isn't like Wrigleyville. I don't know if that needs to be said to anybody because I'd rather you hear it from me than find out on your own. But uh, I thought for years though, I thought the Cubs fans have a low baseball IQ for years, and it's blatantly obvious that I was in full denial. Yeah. I hate to say that as a Cub fan. I, it hurts, but it's true. It's, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's true because there's still like probably 50% of the fan base thinks Chris Bryant isn't that good, which is the stupidest thing ever. I, I want to choke somebody every time I hear somebody complain about Chris Bryant. You I do. Love, <laughs> I know. I could imagine. I couldn't imagine if you, yeah, your own brethren just yeah. talking shit about an MVP. Yeah. He had down years, but his down year was like an 850 OPS. <laughs> Herb, literally, best start to a career ever for a Cub, ever, ever. All the guys Chris Bryant, first five years, best start to a Cubs career ever. Fans can't wait to get rid of him. So stupid. I mean, the whole thing about uh, Theo's tenure being a failure. I was on the side of Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I was all. I was all over on the side jumping on uh, on Matthew there because I mean, how can you, especially as a Cubs fan, this is literally your thing your entire life. Just give me one, just give me one World Series. You got your one. You stayed competitive for uh, what five year stretch. We're talking about a team who like didn't go to the playoffs for more than three straight years ever before <laughs> before this uh, before this era. So, and I mean, although you were like. Did they like oh. fail to like meet the expectations after like did they decline? Of course they did. Yeah, like you know they had. Who knew that the Brewers were gonna come out of nowhere and like ruin like 2018 and 2019 for the Cubs? But I mean we're talking about the most successful period in, like entire franchise history. I don't care what happened before like 1945. So I don't count any of that. You're lucky though too. Like you're younger. I grew up as a, as a Cub fan. I grew up not even it, like a Bears fan loving a quarterback or not knowing what a real fucking quarterback looks like. I grew up as a Cub fan not knowing what a real third baseman looked like. Aramis Ramirez, Aramis was the first decent third baseman the Cubs had it in my lifetime. I loved Ron Say the Penguin. He was fine. You know, Luis Salazar, great, cool. Vance Lawyer. Stevie Traxel? <laughs> but, 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 yeah, you know, so, um, I guess, not the Traxel, the human rain uh, delay. Buchel. Buchel. Oh, Stevie Buchel? Oh, and oh, yeah, little, little Gary Gaetti with his gigantic Gary banana Gaetti. cup. Gary Gaetti. Gary Gaetti. Did this I is remember like- Gary Gaetti was the first third baseman that I knew oh on the Cubs because he was like the third baseman on uh, on uh, Ken Griffey Slugfest, like 99. And I was like, oh, yeah, Gary Gaetti on the Cubs. He must be good, right? I don't know. When Gary Gaetti turned to the side, He his cup stood out. Like the Mac tonight, Mac tonight moon from the old McDonald's commercials. It stuck out like a, it was it was like half a pumpkin. I was, I'm like, I don't know how this guy can dive. And when you see it live in person, it's like, Jesus. It looks yeah. like because back in the day, Wrigley, too, like the field level. Was a little parabola too. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is like Gary Gaetti. Gary Gaetti's cup is mold. Anyway, that's too much about Gary Gaetti's cup. But, but my- the fact is, Cub fans are like Bears fans. Imagine if Bears fans had a quarterback that delivered for five straight years and towards the end of that five years and, and won a Super Bowl in that five years. 
And then like after at year five, they were begging for him to go that he sucks. Bro, he really be selling barbecue sauce, car insurance, <laughs> used cars, fucking tampon. He'd be his name and likeness would be on everything in the city of Chicago for the rest of his life. If the Bears got a good quarterback for five years that won a Super Bowl, holy shit! You thought Dicka was bad? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it that's, was for Cup fame for, for, at third base. We had nothing, nothing for decades. It but, was it was Ron Santo, and then if oh. you give me ten years like the Cubs just had. As a White Sox fan, like Herb said, I'm I'm doing naked cartwheels, man. I'm fucking pumped, dude. Like, give me a World Series. Give me, dude. We we played two playoff games and I almost had a fucking heart attack this year. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you're not playing against like shit. You went to the LCS versus the versus the Mets, right? With just that pitching staff is just killing. Disgusting. They, and they went to the World Series. You went and played the Dodgers twice, I think, right in the LCS. Yeah. The Dodgers are fucking great. They won a World Series. I mean, was that whole thing a failure up until they won a World Series? No. They went to the playoffs every year. Going to the playoffs, and baseball especially, is a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, only 10 teams get in in a regular season. And that's a third of the league. That's a huge accomplishment in the Cubs and what they did under Theo. And I believe if they allow them to, under Jed, they'll have the same type of – They'll have good success. I don't know if about the same type of success, but Jed, I think, is smart too. Mm-hmm. And you remember in 03 when the Cubs were in the World Series? I mean, although you were probably like two, but in 03 when the Cubs oh, no, made I the remember, World Series, I remember they had, to, they had to roll through Atlanta. Atlanta had been to the playoffs like how many straight years at that point? And in that series, which the Cubs won, obviously, there was nobody in the stands. It was like half empty. Oh, in Atlanta, yeah. It was like success fatigue, and that's what I think the Cub fans have gotten. They want to like sabotage the success. They can't. They they think that there's something else out there. If you have the right cards and you play those right cards every year, the law of averages say you're going to have success eventually. You're going to not have an injury prone year. You're not going to be banged up. You're going to actually deliver. It's going to come together. But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater in that circumstance. You gotta you you let the cards fly. You know, if you have you know a full house, you don't throw in because it's a it's a it's a it's a full house with you know three threes and a pair of deuces. It's still a full house, and that could win the hand a majority of the time. And that's what and Herb, you I just said think- it. Uh, you know, especially in Major League Baseball, it's like it means more to make the playoffs just because it's only a third of the league. And for the most part, uh, I, I think it's been different like the past, past like four or five years where you know before, just because you were the best team in the regular season, you weren't guaranteed to even like get past the first round. And only like right. in recent years, we have seen like some of the best teams. Uh, Ultimately, we win. But the goal is always get as many bites of the apple. And what do you do? Mm-hmm. By consistently making the playoffs year in and year out. So, yeah. The whole, like, it, oh, Theo failed. Like, <laughs> ridic- ridiculous. Ridiculous. You know, you know what the bet I'm going to do this year? I hope there's a bet out there where I can bet against the Dodgers win the World Series this year. Because it hadn't happened since 2000. Mm-hmm. It's hard to win the World Series. It's really damn hard. Even though the Dodgers are prohibitive favorites. They got mm-hmm. All the good talent on the team. I'm gonna put all my money in the world on the Dodgers not winning the field that in that hard. regard because hard. it's hard. And for Cub fans to be dissatisfied or to be like like they want, it's good to want more always. And I think I put the story out there to my friend um, when I was on his podcast. But when I was a youngster, you know, I had already this is gonna be weird. I had already had sex before, like I was like 17. And my friend hadn't had sex. And he's uh, relating to me. He's like, man, Herb, I just want to have sex once. It'd be great to not be a virgin anymore. And I was like, I was like, like, pause on that. Because 
once you get, like I said that too, once you get a taste, there's nothing that's going to satisfy that except for another taste mm -hmm. and then another taste and then another taste. And that's what it is. Once you get a taste of that World Series, I thought, oh, five, man, I could die happy. Nope. I've been miserable every day since yes. about the White Sox. And for every the record, since then. I've gotten laid once. I got a two-month-year-old <laughs> sex participation trophy downstairs. That's pretty good, man. That's good. Uh, that's good. I think we have the title for that. I think we have the title for the episode. Uh... You want a taste. <laughs> so one thing that I wanted to bring up, though, and I forgot about this earlier. Both, both, by the way, are enjoyable after drinking a little bit, too. So yes. it's really, really good. Um, <laughs> because this is your world, Herb, the you know sports radio and everything, big move. And not a player, not but some looking as an act of treason. Ooh. Enemy lines were crossed. Mm -hmm. What What do you think about a guy? In my opinion, I'm a huge, huge Len Casper fan. Okay, but for you in the industry and everything to see Len make that move from the north side to the south side, what does that say to you? Or do you have any opinion on that? Multiple things. Okay, to go from. Uh, sports radio or sports TV mm -hmm. to sports radio is a demotion, hundred percent. Like if he would have went from Cubs TV to Cubs radio, that's a demotion. Of course, there's more eyes, of course, right. on TV, and you have the radio part, which is more work. Actually, it's harder to be a play-by-play -play guy on the radio than it is on TV. Mm -hmm. um, so already, that's a demotion. But to go from what is perceived the better higher caliber job in Cubs TV to the lower White Sox radio, there has to be something going on where mm -hmm. ESPN 1000 and or the White Sox are breaking off Lynn, either the same amount of money he made at Marquee or much more like for him to even entertain it. They got to bring a number that Lynn's like, okay, this is what I make already over here. Cool. I got it. He wants to call a world series, but calling a world series is not going to pay bills. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, he could have waited until Pat Hughes retired if he wanted to do that and, and had his uh, druthers there. He could have told the Cubs that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he went from the Cubs TV to White Sox radio tells me he wasn't comfortable over the Cubs. Whatever they're doing at Marquee and the Cubs in general, it wasn't for him. And he mm -hmm. likes what the White Sox trajectory is. He sees the White Sox going up while the Cubs are coming down. And it was, and yeah, probably part of that is him wanting to call a World Series, but there's no one on TV that's given up that cushy, good job that he's never going to lose for a radio job. Good, I'm, I'm a White Sox fan. Of course it's great. Right. But in the greater scheme, he's giving up one of the best jobs in baseball Correct. to go to the White Sox job, which is fine. It's not great. Who's going to hear him? You know, that yeah. type of thing. White Sox fans are going to hear them. But Cubs are a national brand. The White Sox are right here brand, right. Chicago brand. I was listening so, to Evan Altman and watch, from Cubs. And watch, and watch the person who does take that job for the Cubs. It's going to be a big name. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was listening yeah. to Evan Altman from the Cubs Insider on their podcast, too. And he was actually talking about it, um, how the corporate the corporate aspect of Marquee and the Cubs, now under the Ricketts regime, I guess we want to call it that, the, the forcing them to dress up for each broadcast. And and I'm sure that there was some, like, again, micromanagement stuff probably. The, the easiest way to kill the joy of anything is to have someone micromanaging something. And to me, under Ricketts, who seems to me like someone that pinches every single penny, um, I think Len was 
asked to do a lot of things that he, you know, again, when you're in a job and you get a new boss and someone rolls in and they change everything around. Now it's obviously, it's a different network, but the fact right. that they pushed all that stuff, if it's not fun for Len, what the hell is he going to do? And, you know, he got a lot of crap from Cub fans for leaving. But again, I don't blame these guys for jumping the ship right now. Everything, the way that ownership is operating as, as Cubs ownership, it's a red flag. Like nobody wants to work for a shit ass boss. And Ricketts is the shit ass boss. Um, he is terrible. Um, and boss. so Len was probably like, I'm out. I can't do this. You know, and then Len, of course, then even ruffled even more feathers with some Cub fans who just can't come to grips with, you know, whatever, uh, Dunning, call it Dunning Kruger, if you will. But, the idea that uh, Javi Baez, you know, he, on, on the interview this week, he said that he right now Tim Anderson is a better player than Javi Baez. And he's not wrong. Nope. Javi Baez traded out as the worst hitter in Major League Baseball in 2020. And, oh, so you say that Tim Anderson, who did not grade out as a bad hitter this year, but in fact a plus hitter, all of a sudden now you've got, you know, Cub fans freaking out. And guess what? Tim Anderson is a better shortstop right now overall. In Chicago, than Javi Bio. Yeah, I think Period. that shit got blown out of proportion. It's just because of who said it. But you he's, know not he's not wrong. He's not He's seen yeah. Javi play every day. But he's like, not he's wrong. Javi he's seen Javi show up late to work a lot too. I'm sure. Oh, that drives you nuts! I you oh, keep, yeah, you keep beating the shit out of that drum. Never gonna, so you can, uh, never gonna forget that. Blame, he got loose midway through a game. Makes you want to punch him right in his throat. You can blame Joe Madden for that. Um, yeah, then he does it again this year. <clears throat> so, yeah, no, as a White Sox fan, the news was both surprising and extremely welcomed. I was like, sweet. I mean, I like you said, or the, I watch TV nine out of ten games. I'm watching the game on TV. I'm listening to, you know, Stone and the boys. And But you get busy. You know, you do catch games on the radio. And now with Len on the radio, there might be more games that I decide, you know what, I'm going to listen to Len's call tonight. But – I mean, he's going to be filling in for some TV games too, right? I think I saw like 20, said like 25 15, games. Yeah, 20, 25 games, but I don't know. That just spoke volumes to me that he was willing to leave, as Herb pointed out, the, the national job. Because when I went down to live in Florida for five years and people heard I was Chicago, the first thing that came out of my mouth, are you a Cubs fan? I used to watch him on WGN every day. Mm-hmm. Like, And these are people that lived in like middle of nowhere, Florida. You know what I mean? And it's just like, that's a – you get – eyeballs when you're the Cubs guy. Um, I know it's not WG anymore. I know it's Marquee and all that other shit, but it's just wild to me, man. It just better not be Chris Myers. That's <laughs> Chris hey, Myers. Hey, hey. Chris Myers is just like the second 3 p.m. game on Fox that no one cares about. You completely got that it's on game. the schedule. And, uh, yeah. you know, you, you see it after. It's like, oh, the, see, the Jets are the, the 49 Here's the thing: all the Bears fans know who Chris Myers is because after they shit the bed in the season, Chris Myers gets the rest of their games. Assignment with like some punch drunk, like Mark Scheller. Yeah, no, and you know I'm still traumatized by Steve Stone leaving and going over to the South Side. Like that's already traumatic for me. I grew up. I learned 90 percent of what I think I learned about the game of baseball between the lines, like between the ears, was from listening to Steve Stone every single day, every single season as a kid growing up. Understanding why a one-one count is a good run count. Understanding why a 2-0 count, you know, or a 3-1 count is a good time to kind of move a runner and get someone going to stay out of a double play. Like, that's Steve Stone. You know, I, I could, I, I feel like Steve Stone, when I was a kid, even knew the signs because he was like, oh, a runner, I'd expect a runner moving here. Boom, runner moves. It was like, God. And he explains and breaks the game down. We lost him. Now, that's the, like, I loved Uncle Harry. Loved Uncle Harry. Dressed up like Uncle Harry for Halloween multiple times now. But Steve Stone is really the IQ of, base, of, of what I grew up listening to the Cubs broadcasts on WGN. And that's why, like, when the White Sox are on, I can 
I could, I could, I don't have to watch the game. I'll just lay in bed with my eyes closed and just listen to Stoney break things down because he, that's what he does. And so now I'm traumatized by that. Now, I mean, Len, I'll be honest. Eh, I'm a, I, I like, I like Chip Carey actually. I'll be honest. I was a big fan of Chip too. I didn't cry when Chip left. Len left. Okay. It's not Harry, you right. know, different and it's time. And you know, maybe find someone cool, find someone enigmatic. You know, maybe go outside of lines. Although Marquee corporate wide probably was going to go with the most boring, bland choice. But it'd be great if they got someone sensationally, like maybe fresh, new, unknown, and that has a great personality and and it has obviously a great voice. But someone that could actually make these broadcasts entertaining as well. I mean, that's that's really what you need on those local broadcasts is someone that could actually, you know, obviously do their job, but at the same time not just be a, you know an automaton droid like like I think Chris or like what's his name is Myers. Is it Myers? Myers. Yeah, Chris Myers. Myers. Got that out of the brain. And so, he's not Cubs. He doesn't scream Cubs. When he got no. hired last year by Marquee, I was like, this is odd. Yeah, he's a national brand. He does the Fox games. But I don't see him as a Cub fan. I don't see him rooting on the team. I don't see him as a professional broadcaster necessarily either. Like, when I hear him on the Fox broadcast, I'm like, eh, we, we got we to gotta improve, Bears. We're not doing well because we got Chris Myers in the call. <laughs> but uh, if they go, I saw some names like Joe Davis. If they go and get Joe Davis from the Dodgers, man, the guy who replaced the uh, a legend out there in Vince Scully, I would love that. That would tell you exactly where the Cubs are in that standing, and that's one of the names that's being bantied about. That's the type of names that they should be getting. Right. And for Lid to leave the that that job to go to the Sox tells me a multiple things that the Sox are coming. And the Cubs might not be uh, the job or the place that people want to be because there's been a lot of exodus from the Cubs and Marquee, not just Lynn Casper. It's it's been weird. I mean, Theo leaving a year early is odd to me. Mm-hmm. Bad and bosses yeah. make a job joyless. Well, they make, it, they make a job work. I think if you did like one of those root charts or anything, it would all come down to one thing, which is the Ricketts family. Mm-hmm. You know, at the center of all these departures and everything like that. Yeah, shit. Your boy Mac wants to get you the job, K Feds. Steve Nebraska. <laughs> Wait, that's the wrong guy. Um, but yeah, I didn't even realize how far over we usually go on time, but that's we're having a good time, Herb. But I think this is a good time to stick a pin in it. Uh, once again, I want to thank very, very much Mr. Herb Lawrence for coming on the show. Thank you. And it, again, you can find Herb on 670 Show, 670 The Score. I, I, I know a couple people there, so I should be able to pronounce it. 670, 670 The Score. Um, but definitely, you need to be checking on, if you haven't already, the Lockdown Sox podcast, at Lockdown Sox is their Twitter handle. Uh, they've been known to have extremely handsome guests. Me. Um, and, but, Lance Lynn impersonators. <laughs> Uh, Herb and uh, Tannehill do a fantastic job with the show. Make sure you're checking them out. Uh, we actually had uh, Sean Sears from the Cubs Lockdown not, on not too long ago. Um, the Lockdown Network does fantastic work over there. But uh, Herb, do you got anything else you want to plug or say to anybody or anything? Um, we just had Joe Colley on this week. He gave us two episodes. Next week, we're getting Sean Evans from Hot Ones. If you guys watched that, that's show. awesome. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, he's a big time white. He's from here. I the reason why we're getting him on. Firstly, Tanny won him on, and happenstance, I played softball with him probably like ten years ago. Oh shit. Um, yes, or I forgot how long ago it was, but he was one of Adam Harris, who used to work in the score. He went to school with him at U of I, so he knew him, and then. Uh, he came. He was actually a great softball player. He's probably still is, but uh, we're gonna have him next week. And happy birthday to your cousin! Two days from now, while we're on the airs, 
and on the twelfth, Zawaski <laughs> on the twelfth. Yep. And um, yeah, so that's it. I appreciate you guys having me, and uh, this was very fun. I no, def- ask, is he going to have you guys eat hot sauce? Are you going to have? The yeah, bomb? I was going to ask the same thing. Are you guys going to eat hot there? sauce or hot wings or something? I, I like can that? take everybody eating hot wings. Over, we're going to be trying to talk at all. It's great. We're going to be two different places, but I, weirdly enough, I do not do hot well. Um, I, if you guys know what Samba Olik is, it's just a little past uh, sriracha sauce. That's okay. my hot level. It's like right there. That's like where it's like. God damn, it's hurting, but the flavor is good. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything that's like hurting my my stomach, and I don't know how Sean does. We'll maybe mix in a couple questions about that. Yeah, I'm gonna. Have to, I have. I'm way behind on those episodes, but uh, that's a great YouTube. Like, if you're like, yeah, that's a fantastic. That's, and I had no idea he was a White Sox fan. No idea. So now from Crystal Lake. Yep, I'm gonna like it's it from Crystal Lake. Oh, yeah, ballsy. Not too far. Um, but yeah, thank you, her, for coming on the show. Uh, K Fids, Aldo, great as always. And uh, as if you're watching this, as Thursday Night Football is about to start, go download the Points Bet app. Use promo code Pinwheels to get your uh, money match guarantee. They got some cool boosts tonight. Jared Goff to throw two plus touchdown passes. Uh, if either team's defense scores a touchdown, uh, you bet ten bucks for that. You get you win thirty. I may or may not have just did it. Um, so, uh, but though for K-Fids, Aldo, and our special guest, Herb, I'm Zo. Thank you guys very much. Hopefully we talk about either Liam Hendricks or Azuna or Brantley next week. But uh, tune in, like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Happy Hanukkah to the tribe. Happy Hanukkah to the tribe. Be good, everybody. We'll talk to you. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. Can't put it on a boy, yeah. Put it on a boy. Every season, make it all change.